Hello, everyone, and welcome this week to Paranormal Analytical. We have uh, a great star-studded show for you today. As always, my co-host, the professor, Mr. Rick Warren. How you doing today, Rick? I'm doing great, Dylan. How are you tonight? Fantastic. And the lady who does it all, literally it all, we're going to be talking about everything. Uh, Kristen Lee. Kristen, it's been way too long since I've talked to you. Yes, it has. <laughs> it's been at least... Oh gosh, a year? Yeah, that's that's what I was telling Rick. I was like, yeah, I can't imagine it's been like a year. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, for those of you who have been here for a long time, you remember there was a time Kristen was my co-host mm-hmm. for uh, uh, a few months. Um, it was a it was in uh, February and March, mm-hmm. right when I was in, in the process of back surgery. Right. Do you remember? Because yeah. that. Towards the end, yeah, you had just gotten your back surgery. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, we both kind of, we, we, we had to part ways for a bit, but, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're back to do a show. Um, one time only, we're going to talk about everything. Rick's over there yelling at his puppies. <laughs> um, yes. So I guess we'll get right into it. You know, Kristen, one of the many caps that you wear, uh, probably the most famous cap that you wear, is you are the owner of the Bel Air Home in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you you work with the house. You you rent it out to investigators. What's that like with, with COVID? Are you getting more, you know, people or less? What's happening? Well, March, April, and May – we didn't go to the Belair house at all. We just completely shut down. We were all locked in and shut down. So nobody did anything. But when Governor DeWine in Ohio said that we could reopen the state, um, slowly reopen it, there were two nurses that came in from New York. New York was still on lockdown. And they're like, we got to get the hell out of the city. <laughs> they, drove, they drove down and they stayed, oh, gosh, probably – I, I want to say three, four days that they stayed and um, the amount of activity and data that we collected that on those days, the, that course of that time that they were there was absolutely 100% unbelievable. We just couldn't believe it. Daniel and I had gone in maybe, I would say maybe two weeks before that they got there. And because uh, we had been getting so many messages, can you please do like a, a spirit box session, even if it's for 20 minutes? Can we, you know, because everybody just loves the Blair House and they wanted to know what was going on. And uh, we ended up doing a session, but we ended up having to shut the session down very quickly because we had saw something like the shadow figure, mass figure just crawl up the wall in the living room and we were in the seance room. So we, you know, we didn't really want to have to dive into that. And Daniel isn't a, a paranormal investigator. So he was like, let's just leave. And I agreed with him. We left. So we locked everything up. But when the girls came down, um, we had so many different new uh, entities and spirits that were communicating with us. There was a lady that said that she wanted to be referred to as the queen. And um, right before that session started, we had set up the cameras and we'd set up the audio and 
we were um, we put a camera on top of the fireplace in the room and we turned on the spirit box and it said, sit down and let me give you your reading. I was like, that's kind of cool. We're going to get some free readings tonight. I didn't think anything of it. You know, it was just being playful because sometimes you, you know, sometimes it's, it's like fishing. You, you get things and then you don't get things. But as the two hour session, which is a very long session progressed, she was spatting out like the empress, the, the devil, nine of wands, six of cups, four of, you know, four of wands. She was actually repeating and saying tarot. So I don't read tarot. I like it. <laughs> but we had to look up these tarot readings, like with those tarot cards to see what the meanings were and how they correlated. Um, and, it, and then at the very end of the session, it, we got a great big growl and I have that on my Facebook page. Um, I posted that a few days ago. They came back Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Um, I've never had a weekend like that in my life. It was just nonstop. We not only went to the Blair house, we went to my old elementary school that has never been investigated. We investigated it. Um, we got the name Bobby. I went downstairs to the owner who was named Tom and I asked Tom, I, we heard the name Bobby, but I don't feel like it's a student, a principal, a teacher. I feel like it's someone that came here as like a guest, uh, uh, someone that drank, but also was your friend. And he said, come with me. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> what's this guy going to do? You know, but he he showed me this picture of his friend Bobby on his refrigerator. And Bobby had transitioned and they were best friends and he did come through. So, I mean, we and then we went to my hometown, like where I grew up as a child to try to connect to my deceased loved ones. My father came through my grandmother, clear class A EVP said, I miss you. I mean, it was just, it, it was an amazing, so we ended up, um, what was it, last night, we just booked a whole other weekend somewhere else together so we could go to the Serpent Mound and try to collect some energy at, at the Serpent Mound, and then we booked some place at a castle to go to the castle, so this year I'm actually stepping out of the Belair House and actually investigating other locations, that's the first time, so I'm kind of into this now. <laughs> So I have to ask, because, you know, you've been in one form or another, and I'll get to the chats in the chat in a second, um, but in one form or another, you've been a paranormal investigator for, I think, 10 years is how long you've owned the Bel Air home, but you haven't really branched out in other locations. You're branching out in other locations, so you're considered a beginner. What's it like, you know, as someone who, I would, I would say you're probably a psychic, that's probably your, I don't know if that's the term that you would use to describe yourself, but you're a pretty, uh, clairvoyant person so yeah i definitely channel i mean i work full-time as a psychic for a very large psychic industry out of uh i can't tell you where but we we party our butts off in hollywood a lot (laughs) you know i try to i try to tiptoe around these things and you just barrel right through them uh, in the chat, we have Sonia Barbier uh, joined in. We have Darren Redlock. We have Scott Hammonds. We also have Patricia Getz. Uh, they all say hello to everyone, and thanks for inviting them to come watch. Um, Kristen, you're, you know, kind of going back to the Bel Air House before we get into your other endeavors. The Bel Air House has been a, a very interesting uh, location for the past 
10 or so years. Um, and, and even before that, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been well known for, uh, a hundred, 200 years now. Um, you've had a lot of different people, a lot of different paranormal groups, uh, walk through, you've had a lot of different people help you with some research. Um, myself and Landon Wells included. Um, so what's it like to have so many people, you know, attached to this single, uh, single location? Well, that's the right word, attached. Everybody, once they come, they just, two things. They, they either make a really strong connection with the spirits of the house or they don't make it and we never see them again. Mm-hmm. But the people that actually make it, <laughs> they become friends of our family and, and we have such a large family. Like we have probably paranormal family members in every state of the United States right now. So it's, it's really cool to have that kind of tight knit family. Um, I just wish that we could all gather at one time, but there's only five bedrooms, so we can't do that. <laughs> but you know, it would be cool to have like some sort of a, a Christmas celebration or, you know, a Thanksgiving day feast or something, just even the feast of San Miguel that's at the end of September. I mean, we could, you know, just something like that, but it's wonderful to have, I mean, these are like, these are friends forever and ever and ever. And because we've all had these really strange experiences that (laughs) typical normal people don't have, but we've had them together, which kind of makes our bond even stronger. So and yeah, like I agree with you hundred percent. You know, I know, I know Landon's story. Obviously, I know my own. Which for those, of, I guess I'll fill everybody in on like what happened with me. Um, so around the same time as Eddie and everybody went down, um, myself and Kristen were working on on our show together, and um, you know, kind of the trade off that we had was that Kristen was going to help me out by, by adding a spot on the show and giving me that extra insight. And I was going to try to do the one thing that I do well and try to dig deep and find some information. And, uh, I came across a lot of great stuff in, in, a, in, a, in a, in over a month's time. And I, you know, sent everything Kristen's way. And a lot of stuff was stuff that you hadn't seen or heard before. The bicycle thing I'd never heard before. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so, okay. Now that you mentioned it, that means I'm allowed to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I try to be careful, Kristen, you know? Right. Um, so we, we, meaning myself and Kristen, had, had kind of talked about historically thinking, what if this was like a, a stop on the uh, Underground Railroad? And I had thought about that because the location, when you think of that part of Ohio, you know, when you think of some parts of Pennsylvania, which is where I live, it was, it was rich with uh, landmarks which were related to the Underground Railroad. What I had found was something that myself and Chris had never heard of, a, a, an Underground Railroad where bicyclists would ride, drop a bike off, the next person would ride, drop a bike off, and that chain would continue until you were to the freedom of Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, we were kind of able to, to piece together that the Bel Air house, while we can't say definitively was a part we of it. We can. Maybe. No, we can. Oh, we can? Yes, because prior to the bicycle conversation, the summer before all of... I, I, I use my back surgery as a timeline all the time. I do apologize. I'll get better at it as we go along in life. But before all of that crap happened, I actually found that Jacob Hetherington and Jacob Davis, which was the founder of Bel Air, were abolitionists. And the Bel Air house was on... And Captain Fink, 
that Jacob Hetherington worked with, he did take the um, slaves, and but the Blair House, we call them servants, um, to their freedom either in New Orleans or Canada. So that we do have that paperwork. That that really did happen. Fantastic. So, you know, and, and just to give you guys an idea of the, the small little bit that I am now connected to this home, um, and, and I know that Landon did some research and was able to find some uh, some handwriting that had never yep. been before, you know, so myself and Landon love it because we're the skeptics, but we're the researchers and we do, we, we take the due diligence and do this work. And I'm sure I just bored everybody to death with that little story, but I think it's important for the buildup of from there, Kristen, where are we now? Um, well, when Landon and Aaron came in and we all spent that week together with Eddie and Miguel and Renee and, all of the other people that were at the house, um, like Johnny Blaze and Ashley and she's everybody. I'm sorry I'm not saying everybody's names, forgive me, but um, we, Landon and Aaron, went on their own and they were able to open up doors in Bel Air that I wasn't because people didn't like what I did. People thought in, in the small town of Bel Air, people didn't understand that we were afterlife researchers, we weren't Satanists. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and, and you know, I'm not trying to play the sexist card, but when you live in the white, good old boy neighborhood, okay, when you're a female and you go to challenge somebody in that neighborhood, you're not very successful. So two, you know, two two boy or two guys, two men, one from Georgia, Southern man, and then a, a badass from Chicago, they go in together. And they they go up against flying open as the stories go. You know, they went up against the attorney in Bel Air who had shunned me. Yeah, he said he did not believe a word you said. He didn't believe a damn thing I said, and his mouth dropped. And they videoed it. They videoed every expression on this man's face, and then they brought it back to me. (laughs) And and the ironic part about that was next day the girls and I we went to the Ohio Valley Mall to do a little shopping on the in between of. of filming and uh lo and behold there's that attorney sitting on the bench just looking at me and didn't know what to say to me and of course i just was like Jimi hendrix wave on wave on you know <laughs> just kept going yeah to the attorney's credit i i do have to give him a little bit of credit he did tell the fellas you guys i was wrong yeah so he, he did fess up to the fact that he was wrong because he thought uh, he thought you were just full of shit. You know, he yeah. thought you were selling wolf tickets. And yep. when they were able to definitively find the, the, the paperwork and the handwriting from, I, I want to say, was it Hetherington that they found the handwriting from, or was that Captain Finch? I don't know. I think it was either, it was one of the Hetheringtons. It could have been Jacob or it could have been Eliza. We have to, I have to ask them. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. But so when, when they were able to find this information, they said, is your door open for us to come back if we do find anything? And the guy said, yeah, and yeah, they filmed it. It's one of those funny stories that myself and Landon talk about because, you know, every once in a while the researchers get proven right, everybody. Um, I tried to tell the village, the village, and now I call them the village people because <laughs> they, were, they were so mean to me. <laughs> But, village people i like that all right so 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 moving moving from bel air you're now you know it's 2020 you know covid's in full swing but you decided you decided you know what now's the time for me to go investigate some other places yeah and, and you're putting on a whole new cap 
and what's it like to be kind of the new kid on the block again? You know, you've been a you've been an experienced professional for years and years in your trades, but now you're the new kid again. What's that like? I don't consider myself the new kid. I go in with you know, 15 years of knowledge of demonology, angelology, metaphysics, uh, physics. Um, you know, I've got a master's of forensic psychology. I'm working on preparing to submit my stuff for a doc to finish up my doctorate. So, but in the paranormal industry, I, you know, people call me to come to cases and stuff like that. And I've always kept that on the low. I've never, ever been public about residential cases. I've never been public about, hey, we need, we, we need, your, we need you to come here and, and cleanse this building. We need you to do this. We, I've never, ever been public. So I have been doing it. I'm just quiet little sister sitting in the corner. Um, but when we came on board to Spirit Realm Network and we started doing our weekly show with Spirit Realm Network, um, they invited us up to Hillview Manor, which is close to you. Um, and we did a, yeah, we did a live show up there and it was really cool, but you have to remember too, I, I, I do have a, a disability where it does prevent me from walking a lot and on, in good days I can walk in good days. I'm, I'm in bed and I'm doing psychic consultations. Um, but I don't think I'm the new kid on the block, and I don't think that a lot of people in the industry look at me as the new kid on the block. Maybe some of the celebrities do because they still consider me that paranormal lockdown mother cartoon character that jumped out the window with her two kids because she fled for her life. But when they when they came down for that, that was like that was like um, it was what seventeen? Yeah, seventeen? No, sixteen? That Belair House had been in operation since yeah. 2009. It had already been. Yeah, and that's something that, like, and that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the one thing I tried to always uh, give you credit for, especially with your appearances on our show and, and when you were a co-host for me, was like, you, you, you were, you, you became more known after those different appearances, but you had already been doing all this shit. It's not like that was new. You know, by any any stretch of the imagination, uh, we do have a comment here from Darren Wedlock that I'm interested in your thoughts on, Kristen, because I have never thought of it this way. Darren Wedlock says, "Quote: I think that the spirit box capabilities are truly interdimensional. You get a disembodied voice from the past, present, and maybe even the future." Kristen, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's maybe some validity? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I my my friend was here last night. Um, very good friend of mine, and we were reviewing data from the Belair house. And there's this clip where we say disembodied voice, right? We heard a full-fledged disembodied conversation, like two minutes worth of dis- like. Yes. So answer him. Yes. I wish I could send you that and you could play it for everybody, but you, you got to hear this. I'll send it to both of you when we're off of here and you're, it's going to blow your mind. But yes, I do feel like there's a lot of interdimensional things that are going on, especially now. Uh, I mean, they always have, but I think that people are becoming so much more aware of it now. And I also feel like, um, I mean, with I'm not going to get into my soapbox of higher beings, but you know I'm going to get into my soapbox of higher beings. So it's like I see some really cool things out in the night sky, and you, you can't you, you can't tell me that that we're the only we're the only living breathing thing here in this 
world galaxy galaxy really so, universe universe as as always when Kristen goes to get on her soapbox of higher beings i have no idea what any of the retrograde or any of that means and she's tried for years and years to explain it and it's just way too way too expensive on this mind um so i guess that that that's probably a good a good question too because uh, it's a valid question do you believe that there is a connection between the paranormal as far as spirits and the paranormal as far as the extra, you know, uh, what, what's the word? Terrestrial. Do yeah. You, there's a connection there. Yes, we've made connection with them at the Belair House. Mike Simpson is a Cherokee uh, Native American, and he is the smoothest investigator that I've ever worked with, ever. And when him and I get together, I don't know what kind of – what, what kind of energy we're pushing off, but it definitely draws in. They wanted to be referred to as star people one night, and they told us a lot of different stories. They told us that um, I, I'm, I go big. When I, when, I, when I know that I'm dealing with the higher beings, I go very big because I want answers. And I ask them, what do we need to do for world peace? What do we need to do? Uh, and they told us um, love harmony music uh we asked who now this is this is the one that's this is something that's big um and it's going to be in the next book that's coming out in august of 21 um they we asked who the next president was going to be and it said not the woman and this was back before right and um then they said well who is we asked well who is it going to be and a while went by and then it said dawn and i'm thinking i wonder if it's like the dawning of a new age no it was dawn old it was dawn you know, it's like, they like pulled it with, with, with how that was going to go down but they also were telling us stuff like um that the cure they, they, I, we asked how we could extend our life and uh they were using om- ominous which is a um a powder off of gold and if you ingest it, it's supposed to give you life longevity. And if you think about it and break it down, guys, we take silver when we're sick, like the liquid silver to like boost our immune system and stuff like that. Why wouldn't it be like the the powder from the gold? And then I dove into this massive research for three months on trying to make these correlations. To they were telling us. And I and I found uh, I found a um a case study um, that there was a man that had lived to be like 160 years old because he ingested the gold powder for, forever. For, uh, it's blowing my mind. <laughs> there's a lot of different beliefs out there, and there's a lot of talks about the chemical properties of gold. Some people talk about the, 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 uh, the, the chemical properties of gold and how it's – it can like defend you from like radiation, which, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't, I don't even play one on TV, you know? Um, but yes, it is all very Anunnaki. So, you know, Eddie would love this conversation. Oh yeah. We've talked about Anunnaki before, you know, how it makes me feel it just, those wheels get spinning. Um, Rick, when, when, when Kristen brought up the word star people, your eyes kind of lit up as if you've heard that term before as if this is something that you may be versed in, please, by all means. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, with the Native American belief and everything, we do believe, and we have uh, a very heavy, deep belief 
in the star people and in the uh, spirit world itself. Uh, our topic tonight was going to be dreams, and I was going to correlate that also with the different type of visions that uh, Kristen might have uh, seen or been a part of with the Bel Air house or anything else like that, that somebody might have come to you and said, I had this dream, I had this uh, premonition, or I've had this vision, so to speak, of this Bel Air, or what kind of energy have they talked to you about concerning that? A lot of them see the house, like they feel like they're inside the house. They wake up in the middle of the night feeling like they're inside of the house before they get there, which could be suggestive. But then there's a lot of things, a lot of information that they don't know. There's a lot of public information. There's a lot of information that I have that I don't put out in the public because First of all, that family is still alive, and I don't want to disrespect that family, but there there have been people that have come in with reports that saying that, um, I don't know, let's, let's just say Dylan, uh, we saw Dylan, um, we heard the name Dylan, we saw a man named Dylan inside of the Belair house. Does that may, mean anything to you? And then I have to like pull them off to the side and explain to them, we can't really expose that. But yes, you're absolutely right. There is this, there is that. Um, they've been able to see child spirits inside of the house. Um, and then when they leave too, they months later, you know, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, they still have these very vivid dreams to where they, there's been some reports that they've lost like time, like they were in a time lapse. Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of it too. I, I tell you one night here in my own home, not the Belair house, but where I live, um, I was sleeping on the couch and I woke up half half in half out but i was like my god why am i in the emily davis room that's a, a room at the belair house like I, I need to get the hell out of the belair house why am i here and why you know i don't need to be here and no sooner than i said that the dog i had two dogs i still have them but um Gigi was up here on my chest because she's just a little chihuahua and ani was down at my feet she's a great big great pit bull um we were elevated up in, into the air and then we just dropped. And that's, we were on the couch. We didn't get hurt, but the next morning about 10 AM, we have this great big picture window. And when you look out the picture window, all, all you see is Hills. Like my neighbors are trees. <laughs> so like, and in the sky and I have a video of it, you can see the silver like capsule coming in and coming out and Ani just alerted me. She started barking and I thought maybe there was a fox or the deer were back or something. But no, when we were looking up, you could see it just hovering and then it would stop and it would disappear and then it would come right back in that position and it would just move over just a little bit. Then it would disappear. And it, what there was, there wasn't like the clouds weren't covering it. I, I, it wasn't a plane. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, it was something that is we can't describe. You know, it's some, a UFO. I mean, it's hard to say that word. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. So, so before before we get into uh, Rick's segment, because Rick did a lot of uh, a lot of kind of research, he's a lot of questions line up. I have a lot of questions line up for the uh, dreaming slash premonition segment. Uh, Kristen, I'd like you to plug wherever people can see your videos, pictures, et cetera, if you have any sites, your Facebook, whatever you're trying to plug. 
Yeah. Oh, like websites and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wherever people can see your EV or hear your EVPs and maybe see some uh, videos or pictures you've taken. Um, the Belair House website is um, holy cow. Yeah, the Belair House website is BelairHouseTours.com, but the um, Facebook page is uh, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, what the heck is it? See, that's the thing is, is it's it's very lighthearted. You can take as much time as you need. You know, we're myself and Rick. We're two happy hippies. You know, we're we don't care. Dude, I'm total hippie. You have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yes. the Facebook page is Belair House Tours LLC. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, so. I guess we'll, we'll get right into the uh, right into Rick's segment, which is the dreams and premonition. Rick, I'm going to just let you take it away, partner. Thank you, Dylan. Hey, uh, Kristen, I'd really be interested in talking with you at a later time about the guy you worked with that uh, uh, maybe uh, might, he might be able to impart some information or some uh, something with me as far as the native that you worked with and everything, because I work with all kinds of tribes. I work with all kinds of people from different uh avenues and approaches as far as the native people so that is one thing i'm very very interested in that's great but uh no tonight but tonight i i wanted to jump off in dream world so to speak uh i'm going to speak of my experiences first because it seems like with the people that i've talked to and with the people that wrote in and all this other good stuff on on facebook and everything um a lot of people are, are kind of like me. We dream in color. Mm-hmm. Do you find that interesting in itself? Because a lot of people I talk to also said they only dream in black and white, Is which is the more um, natural, so to speak. Or what, what do you find when you um, have people that dream in color or in uh, black and white? Well, I dream in color, but a lot of people that I talk to, they also dream in color too. But a lot of people that I work with are either – psychic, medium, empath, metaphysicians, um, paranormal. Um, and when they dream in color, the colors are so intensified and they can actually feel mm-hmm. the color or anything that's there, like it's velvet or moss. Like say we're walking down the stream and we get on a rock of moss and we can feel that soft green. That's how the colors yes. feel to them. And it feels like that to me too. I, I know probably 50, 60 people that have, we've all talked about that. So that, that's gotta be something, but I've, um, I've talked to a couple people that say we don't dream. Um, but I think that they do dream. It's just, they, they use that cognition in their brain all day long because they're actually visualizing what they need to do from the day to day to where they overload that by the time they lay down lights out, nothing, they can't remember anything because they overworked like we could say that third eye, but really it, it's, it's, um, it's just a different part of our brain that we actually can see with the, the visualizations that we see with. Um, and they, they don't dream, but then I, I would say very small percentage percentage has told me that they dream in black and white. Very, very small. Yeah. See, so sorry, Rick, I really quick wanted to throw something in there. Uh, so we had not too long ago. And I wish I remember the fellow's name. We had a, a dream kind of, person on and uh he we were just talking he goes i bet you dream in color and i was like yeah i think most people do and he's like yeah but it's it's different for everybody and it's it's i I bet the way that you do it it's more rare and it's the way that you described Kristen. you always used to say that i have 
an ability that you don't think I have unlocked the potential to. Not yet. You're still getting there. But see, as a skeptic, and you know this, I've always been curious what you meant by that, and you have never, you will not tell me. You'll figure it out. I, I want to ask, I, I, but I just want to ask, because I know you're not going to tell me what this ability is, but why can you, but why can you not tell me? Because if I told you, then you would skip the steps of your, of your journey to get there. Interesting. So I would just have an awakening. No, you wouldn't have no awakening. You would have the snoozing. <laughs> <laughs> so I would skip the awakening and go right to the snoozing. Uh, that makes sense. We, we've had a lot, of, a lot of spiritual people on who feel like my skepticism is me hiding something. And I don't, you know, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't think you're hiding anything. You just, you, 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 I don't, I don't think you're hiding anything. It's, you're ready for it. You are. You, it's just once you, it's like once you eat that whole bag of potato chips, you feel regret. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like once, <laughs> once you have that experience, you can never go back from the way that you perceive the world and people and what you've been taught. And that's going to make you question a lot of different things. Well, we've, we've talked on the show before, and I think you and I have had the discussion of my, my kind of aura readings of being able to just read people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, is that is that the beginning stages, or am I in later stages than what most people would assume? Like, what's the what's the... Yeah, I think that you're in the later stages. I mean, look who you're talking to. You're talking to me and Rick, and we're talking about star people. You hang out with Eddie Hill. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely in the later stages <laughs> yeah, you know yeah it's one of those things that myself and Landon talked about this too how you know if I do have an ability I guess that's kind of neat because not everybody has one you know not everybody has these kinds of abilities but to, to get back on the topic of the dreams as you know uh, Kristen I do dream pretty vividly we we, we used to discuss that a lot, and I've had very vivid dreams to start when I was a kid. When people dream vivid dreams where they can feel, what to you is that a sign of? Because, you know, you brought up earlier missing time, and I know that's supposed to be a sign of contact with the extraterrestrials. But, like, what is having vivid dreams that you wake up from and it's like you were actually there, it's like it was real life? Mm-hmm. What does that kind of mean to you? Well... The thing of it is when when we when we dream like that and we know that it was real, but it's not like I, I, I the best way to describe it is yes, th- there can be dreams where our deceased loved ones come to us and we can and they can lead us to that other dimension in the spirit world. And they can either download us, upload us, spend time with us, whatever it may be, the reason why we go. Maybe we just need to go there to recharge our batteries and they instill some sort of spiritual makeup or, or, or messages inside of us to where we come back and we start to chisel away at changing the world little by little. Um, I'm very 100% strong believer in that because I've actually had that happen a lot, out-of-body experiences, that kind of thing. Um, But it's more of um, when you get into that very relaxed state and you work with spirit and you've built that spiritual rapport with not only just your deceased loved ones, but with other deities and and saints, angels, if you will, um, 
they, they do have that very strong connection with you to where when you are in that relaxing state, they can come to you and they can get into your collective consciousness and take you to other realms. I remember, and, and we did a, a photo session in, um, in Laguna beach and, uh, a very gifted psychic. I just kept saying to her, there's, there's a triangle around the sun. What is this triangle around the sun over the Pacific ocean? And she said, make the triangle and put it in, put your, put the sun inside of your fingers. You're being downloaded. They're downloading your energy and they're collecting this energy about your human experiences so they can further study the human race. And I said, why the hell would they pick me? I'm just, you know, some psychic on the beach. (laughs) But she, she was very, very serious. And she kind of like smacked my hand. She's like, you know, be serious about this. She's like, how, how do you how do you just like talk to somebody and pull out somebody's dead name like first and last the deceased loved one's first and last name and you don't even know this person? I said because I built that. She's like no. I tried to say well because I built the spiritual rapport. She's like no because they give that to you. You've been walking with them since you were born. You are from them. You are from that star. You are from that. They understand you as them, and that's why they're you. You were sent here. She was talking to me. You were sent here to collect this data for them so they can actually continue to study. So we can change the world. And people sometimes call like we, we, we got into what in the nineties, it was Indigo kids. And um, what was it in like early 2000s to 2005, it was star seeds and stuff like that. But it's much, much deeper than that. I remember when I was like five, six years old, my best friend, nobody could see him, but his name was Hayata. And I played with him all day long. Okay. Uh, Rick, I'm so sorry I'm pissing on your segment. I'm so, Okay, we have to talk about this. Go ahead. Because mm-hmm. we not too long ago did an imaginary friend episode. Uh-huh. Where, we, yeah. where these people for, for an hour prodded at my imaginary friend. And I was about five years old, and I had an imaginary friend named Yanya. Yanya had two kids. She was dressed in period clothing. And these people were wanting to tell me that it was a, a spirit. Now, now, Kristen, I don't know if that's a premonition that I'm having, because as you know, Kristen, I'm not a spiritual person. Not yet. I don't have, like, well, I'm, I'm spiritual in my own in my own kind of way. It's not like a, a God type of spiritual. Right. It's not a Catholicism kind of spiritual. It's more of like a native. It's like my own spin on a native kind of belief. Mm-hmm. I don't, your eyes lit up. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, what does that mean? Seeing... Is that in someone's imagination, or is it something that that isn't? Mm-hmm. What's your opinion? It's not. It's not your imagination. Willy Wonka is your world of imagination. <laughs> not, not the not not our child friends. Not not when we were that young. You have to think about it. When we were that young, society hadn't gotten to us yet. Okay. Whether we had an aggressive parental unit or not, I didn't. I grew up in a very peaceful, I call it the Garden of Eden, but it wasn't, but it really felt like it, um, where we were free to think and do what we wanted to do. Um, But a lot of children, unfortunately, aren't like that. They don't have that kind of upbringing. But no, when we're that young, we haven't been, we have not conformed to the norms of society. 
We have not been told this is the Calvinistic blueprint of life. This is the way that it is. And everybody go to Salem. It wasn't, it's, it's, but they're there. But I tell you when, if you look at a picture of John Campbell, my business partner, um, he is Hayata. Yes. So you tell me how that record played and repeated and that residual energy actually came to a manifestation. So was it a prophecy that I, cause he, Hayata was a Japanese boy that I, that I played with as a child. He was my imaginary Japanese friend. And um, then here comes John Campbell when we're in our mid forties and he looks identical to Hayata and he just came out of nowhere and saved the day like you know superhero flying in with a cape and just saved the day and it, and it was just like when i finally met him in person I, I i told my husband i was like you're you're i'm gonna blow your mind we better go get a shot of jack daniels at the bar because i'm about to blow your mind <laughs> With these kinds, uh, I, I guess, uh, spiritual friends is the, is the term, um, is that the beginning of, of unlocking an ability? So yes. With that, and then it goes to vivid dreaming, which for me were like horrors. Mine was terrifying. I don't know if that's how everybody says or not. I had a reoccurring night terror from the point that I was like five to the point that I was like ten. Was it the same thing? Oh, it was the same thing for years and years. That's psychological, honey. It's not a lot. That's a logical. That's psychological. If it's reoccurring, yes. Yeah. So, it but it would it wasn't it wasn't the same dream every night. It would just play out. It would play out differently, but it was the same setting. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Is that also psychological? It's a fear. Yeah, it's a fear. Interesting. I'm I'm, I'm curious. Um. So. It was a. I was on a boat. Does that is that like a fear of water? Like what past water? life regression too. It could have been you saying oh, past life. So past life, like in my past life, I could have been like drowned. a sailor. Could have been a sailor. You could have drowned. Yes. Interesting. And so those fears carry over into the. Oh, absolutely. Next, yeah. Next interesting yeah all of these all of these lovebirds nowadays how about to find the one i want to find my soulmate i was like no you do not no no you don't those soulmate <laughs> situations when they're romantic they're so sadistic you'd never get along it never works it just doesn't because the one because when we come back from when when we are reincarnated, so to speak, I believe in that. Other people don't. That's why I'm like this. But when we when our spirit comes back and is bound to earth by gravity, we do meet the people that we had these past lifetimes with. And you say say we were together, right? Say we were lovers. Mm-hmm. I could be twenty years ahead of you in spirituality. And I could be sitting there like, what the hell's wrong with him? Why can't he get his crap together? And it's never going to work as a relationship because you still have those life lessons to learn that you didn't learn from that past lifetime. You know what I mean? And I think like the more like, because the past life thing isn't something that I'm, 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 I'm into as, an, as a philosophy, but like there have been people that have come onto the show who know nothing about me, who know that I have an old soul. Yes. And music tends to be the thing that they talk about. Because most regular people, uh, especially of my age, 
cannot stand the music I listen to. Well, yeah, yeah. My my um, one of my very very okay. I'm just gonna say it, my oldest son. <laughs> he he's gonna be 28 years old. He um always listened to 50s and 60s always and and show tunes like Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Mary Poppins. Um, when he got older, he got into Sweeney Todd. But you know what I mean? It was, yeah, so that is a very, very old soul. You, you were probably, and, and remember, too, we have layers of lifetimes on us. We have to remember that, too. There's, it's like how we have different multidimensional places that we go to, many multi, multi is many dimensional places. We have many layers of residual energy on our soul from the things that we have previously experienced in other settings, other environments with other, and you know how other lifetimes, you know how when you just connect with somebody and you're like, holy cow, I really like this person. Like I got a girl crush on this person. You know what I mean? Or it's like, I got a man crush on this person. He's going to be my best friend. <laughs> that's just, we, that's that connection of our soul. We remember we remember how that feeling felt, but we don't remember the experiences because we've had all of this time on the in-between where life has taken us so many different directions that we can't, we only use what, 3% of our brain? Is that what it is? I could be wrong on that one, but it's something like that to where if, imagine if we use 15% of our brain, you know? Um, before I throw it back to Rick, and I know we've jumped all over the place, everybody, my bad. Blame me. Uh, Darren Woodlock has a, has a comment here. He says, I interviewed Howard Storm, and he said that he was told by God that the universe is teeming with other civilizations that we should be able to communicate with, that, that it should be a natural thing. Thoughts? Thoughts on this? We were talking about that today. I'm scared to... Okay. I don't know what the hell the humans are going to do. I, I don't trust us. I, I would trust the the... Others, the others, <laughs> like Nicole Kidman, the others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would trust the the higher intellectual beings before I would trust human race because human race feeds off of emotion, and that emotion is flight or fight. Emotion and capitalism. Randy J. Yeah. Cole said, <laughs> "That was good." Wow. Randy Rogers wrote a book about the past lives called "The Key of Life." Yes, it addressed that aspect. He believes, or this Randy Rogers says, the souls travel in pods through time. Very interesting stuff coming out of the comments. Uh, Rick, I've pissed on your parade for so long. I'm so sorry. Please go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I, I'm loving every second of this. I really am. Uh, Kristen, I do have a question, though, as far as um, I know that I can, I, I for me, okay, I can go from this world, lay my ass down, and go to sleep and go from this world directly into the dream world, so to speak. And in that world, there's no time. Right. Okay. Sometimes when I go into that world, it, it's like what you're talking about, the added dimensions of being able to go to dimensional places and dimensional things and everything. And I've seen dimensional beings, too. And I don't want to be a part of that because a lot of the people that I know that is astral traveled and everything, they go way, way deep into that kind of travel. Yeah. And it's not safe for I, I don't think it's safe for, for a person to go alone. I've never yeah. astral traveled alone. I don't. Uh, I don't even think about telling somebody to go astral travel alone, because I really, in my own thought, in my own mind, is that there is a fear that I won't come back. Right. 
And that's a, I know there's a probability of that happening because I've seen it happen. I've seen people that have astral traveled before, and when they did come back, they're totally changed. I mean, their demeanor, their their psychological profile, so to speak, mm-hmm. and things like that. Have you ever seen anything or had anything like that happen? Uh, you know, I have seen uh, friends change, like complete, total change. Um, and it's because they've gotten into, um, deep, deep, deep meditations and they, and now the new thing is let's listen to this beautiful meditation music while we're sleeping so we can dig deeper and get into the other dimensions. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Naturally just do it. Because if our guides, if our spirit guides, our deceased loved ones, our deities, whatever, Whatever is leading us, if, if they, they're only going to take us so far because they know that there's that danger, stranger danger, don't go there. You know? exactly. And they're going to help exactly. us get back. So exactly. I, I wouldn't recommend I that, any of that. The songs. Yeah. I know that um, we were talking earlier that one time, Dylan and I was talking, and, and Landon also, because I remember the first time we went into my vision quest with the, with the uh, sweat lodge. Uh-huh. And... Uh, it, it was an experience that I can talk about some, I can talk a some about it, but there's a lot of it I can't speak about because of the ceremony. Right. But at the same time, there is a part of that, that that was a world and a reality that nobody will ever understand unless you've been there. And I've seen so many people wanting to go into this, like you say, meditative states and they sit there and they want to do the grounding and they want to do the imaginist white light and all the subtle good stuff. And I'm like you, I, I think if we do it natural, if we sit there and, and allow ourselves to go into that sleep stage, as it were, and actually, you know, use it as a benefit, if I'm if I'm saying that mm-hmm. right, because it can be beneficial. Yeah. Because premonitions are are just like that. Right. You know, premonitions can be beneficial, and I mean, I've only had one happen to me, but it come out just whoop, just just like just like it happened. Was it in so, the daytime or at night while you slept? It was, it was a night okay. when I slept. See. And I woke up in a startled, I mean, I, I could not believe that I would dream something like that or that, that it was so real mm-hmm. and that I actually, I was there. Right. In that, in, in that situation. And two nights later, the exact happening that happened in that premonition took place. Wow. So, wow. I don't know if we've talked about mine uh, where, Kristen, you and I might have what my premonition. I've only had one, but a lot of times my dreams come true, but it's not, it's not as vivid of premonition where I had dreamed my friend was, was in a fire. And while I was having that premonition, my friend was in a fire. Uh, she, had lost, she had lost her mother and her sister, but she had survived. I had dreamed the entire thing. Wow. And I woke up. I live right across the street from the fire hall. I had woken up to the sirens, startled and sweating. And it was unlike any feeling I've ever felt before. Cause I could, We've talked about like my, my kind of aura reading. I could see my own, but it was unlike anything I've ever seen at any other time. And as a skeptic like now, that's a horrifying experience. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what you make of that, Kristen. <laughs> I don't know. You you can't explain that. That was just somebody giving you a heads up that there was a, a ter- just a terrible thing that was happening. So. 
I have a question to go back to the kind of astro travel. And Sonia Barber says, if I astro travel, animals take me with them and back. Uh, obviously, Sonia Barber is the animal healer. Thank you, Sonia, so much for your comment. I've noticed a lot being a researcher and working with other researchers. There is a point in time when you can research something specifically in the paranormal that will physically, emotionally, and mentally change you. What are your thoughts on this, Kristen? Is there some type of tie-in to something else, or is this something completely different? I'm not sure what you mean. So when, when researchers research something in the paranormal, and it basically takes over their, their day, okay? And then they themselves begin to change. Oh, what yeah. Obsession. obsession. Yeah, total obsession. But yeah. is, that, is, that, is that a psychological thing, or is there something deeper, something possibly paranormal that is trying to change? Both. Could be both. both, yeah. I mean, because if you, if you sit there and, and play Grand Theft Auto all day long, you're going to go and dream about you know, Grand Theft Auto and John Larson, you know, if you do that. I only know that because of my younger son. But, you know, if, if you, and that's just like if you're, if you're cramming for a midterm or something, you know, and then you take the midterm and then two days later you go to dream or you go to sleep and you dream about the midterm. You know what I mean? It's just like it, it's it's just that repetition of your mind seeing it over and over again. But there could be something very spiritual there, too, that some sort of energy or entity or spirit is leading you to tell their story. So you have to continue to do this. And at that point, that is obsession and that could lead to possession. It really could. Interesting. You know, I, I know believe in the Catholicism part of it. Yeah. You know, I know, I know that we've talked about we've talked about my Amityville story, and I think both of you know about when I was younger and I was researching Amityville, and there was a very definitive change in me. Yeah, research to the point that dates were matching up to like the things that I was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they call it idiosyncrasies, I guess. And that, to me, was my experience. And I've talked to other researchers that have similar experiences. Um, I think, see, I refuse to believe that that's psychological. Because it was too perfect for it to have been psychological. I don't think... Don't don't discount this. When, when, somebody, when, when you find out you're having a baby, male or female. Okay. Okay, when you find out you're pregnant everything that you see from that forward, that moment forward is baby, everything. Don't, don't discount that theory. You know what I mean? Cause that, that's the truth of the matter. Um, and like, I, I've got a lot of clients that God love them. I love them to death, but my God, I just want to pull my hair out. Sometimes they're, they're always like, Kristen Lee, I saw one, one, one and a Honda Civic. Does that mean he's going to call me after 30 years? No, sweetheart. That's not what that means. <laughs> you know, so that's not what that, but, but yours is different because you were really studying a different, a difficult case. Yeah. Like it was the Amityville war and that, I mean, even when we open up that, that box of energy, even if it's remotely, you're still having some kind of percentage of, percentage of energy that's coming through to you that you could manifest interesting uh, manifestation has always been the interesting thing because someone who isn't isn't spiritual 
the idea that I, as a researcher, you know, for example, we were when I was doing my research for the for the Bel Air home, like the idea that, in a very small scale, I am I am now a part of the history of this home, but like also like when I was researching these things and things were popping out and I was thinking of new things, it feels like there's something kind of kind of there to help you along. Like I'm not smart enough to come up with the idea of why don't I research the Underground Railroad. You know, that was something that just kind of came up. Um, so, you know, in that, in that aspect, I guess maybe that would be uh, your idea of guides and having guides. You were guided, yeah. And you know what was weird about that Underground Railroad research is I was sitting over here in this room. This room used to be our living room. And I was just like, guys, show me. Show me where I need to find these documents. Just show me. And whether it be the Belair House spirits or whether it be other deities, I didn't care, or not mean ones, but I just wanted to know. So I looked at my husband, I was like, who's cooking tonight? And he's like, I'm not. I'm like, well, I'm not either. I said, well, let's go get a pizza. So we went downtown and we ordered the pizza in the shop. And I was like, well, we've got 20 minutes to kill. What do you want to do? He said, let's go walk in the park. So we're walking in the park at the Belair Park by the Belair High School. And there's this Methodist church the one that Landon and Aaron went to years later. And here's this beautiful historical plaque that says Jacob Davis, okay? And he was the abolitionist for the Underground Railroad. Had I not asked to be shown, literally put the sign in my face, because I always say that, literally physically put the sign in my face or have this, you know, dragonfly smack me in my forehead, something just, you know, make this very specific, as specific as you possibly can to wake me up and let me know it's definitively a message from spirit. And it can't be anything other than that. What, are the, what the hell are the chances of me going downtown Belair? What I have lived in Belair since 2002. Okay. And have never seen that plaque and my son's gone to that high school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's one of those interesting things. We used to have these, we used to have these talks all the time. Mm -hmm. I I, I miss these talks, Kristen. I really do. I miss you so much. We are winding down, which means only one thing. I have to open up the panel for final thoughts. Rick, we're going to start with you. We're going to get to the dream stuff. (laughs) People, you know, we have, I'm fine. We have, so much. There's so. Do you want to be rebooked for another time, Kristen? Let's just go. What do you guys got going on tonight? Let's just go more. You want to go more? Let's go. I'm you good. care if I smoke? I'm good. I'm I'm lady, I'll smoke. <laughs> hey, sorry. My mom's going to kill me if she sees this. Uh, you always used to say that. You know, there are two things. There are two things that were 100 always going to be said on a show with me and Kristen. Number one. Kristen's going to say, can I smoke? My answer would be, fucking seriously. And she would then say, my mom's going to kill me. And then she would also, she has to remind me, you know, you remind me a lot of my son. (laughs) (laughs) She has to do it. I will tell you that this week because I'm I'm not talking to him right now. Oh, no. (laughs) It's tough love. Family dynamics. Tough love. There you go. Okay. All right. I'm his, I'm his conduit. Um, so Rick, go ahead. Take over. Take over. Rick. What? Take over. You got this. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I wanted to uh, touch on the subject as far as dreams and things like that. Uh, I know there's been people down through time, down through the ages, as far as oracles 
and people like Nostradamus that does the scrying through the smoke and things like that, or water, excuse me. I think he did both. I'm not really sure. But a lot of these people, as far as uh, those kind of people, I've touched base with around in this area like this that, that are, have that ability to kind of foresee or, or something like that. Uh, actually, that's kind of a very taboo subject now as far as the scrying and the different arts of, of being able to do that. Divination. Type of, yeah, divination yeah. and everything. And at the same time, I've had people contact me and tell me that they've had this kind of stuff, and those events happen in their dreams. What's your take on I that? I believe that. I totally believe that. The Two things here. The A couple of days before my granddaughter was born, I had a dream that she was older, much older, like probably 30s, 40s. And she was in this sea of dying people, but it looked like a Tim Burton movie. It was all gray and blue. There was no color. So going back to the dream, the dreams prior to that, I'm sure were color, but in that moment, I feel like spirit was trying to show me a prophecy of what was to come for her. She was either a nurse or a doctor, some sort of medical professional, and she was just trying to save everybody that was dying. So the night that she was born, a star fell from the sky. The night that she went to um, like another medical facility, we were driving home from the city and another star fell from the sky. So I always tell her, you're my little lady that fell from a star, like, you know, the Wizard of Oz. But... Um, but that that does happen. And, you know, we remember how we were talking, Rick, about dreaming and seeing these different prophecies and getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it and going up into a universal abyss. I, I don't right. personally me. I don't when I'm coming out of sleep. That's when I have those visions like on that in between, because mm -hmm. I feel like they know, okay, she's back. She's safe. Let's show her what she needs to know because we had a party up in, in that realm. And now, now it's time to get back to work. But I, I don't normally have those kinds of like dream prophecies. They're always when I'm conscious, always when I'm awake and it's typically in the daytime. I don't, I don't know what that means. I've never been able to figure that out. Lucid type dream. Yes. Yeah. Like that. But it's real. Like okay. I was on the phone with Eddie fixing a blanket on the couch because the dog screwed it up. Right. And this was in the summer. And I, I said to him, I said, Eddie, in the summer, I said, we need supplies. We need to get our supplies together. We need to get a lot of food together. We need to get a lot of canned goods together. I said, I don't know why, but we need to do this. It's, it's, it's imperative that we start to prepare. Look, and, and then in January, January of last year, I went into the family room and I'm like, you know, it's my son's senior year in high school. And I said, you're not going to school this year. I'm putting you in online schooling. And it's not because of anything. I just, I, I knew he needed to be home for some reason. I knew he needed to be home. But then there was a day that I was like cleaning in the living room and they, they told me, they said in June, everything will be okay. And this was during the pandemic. And I had a radio show with um, Sean Whitman, uh, Vegas, He's out of Las Vegas. And he says, when is all of this lockdown going to be over? And I said, 
probably end of May going into June. Boom. And that's what it was, end of May going into, well, at least for us. Yeah. And that's what, we, and, and that's, that's what's different, like with Nostradamus and Oracles and Sears and Prophets and stuff like that. When it's so difficult to say universally what, like what month time, like time frames, because everybody, like we've got West Coast, we've got East Coast, we've got, you know, we've got so many different time zones. It's so difficult to say exactly what kind of a time frame it would be. But if we could say, you know, end of May going into June, that that's, that's validated. That was absolutely 100% validated. And I, I'm going to be quiet. I'm sorry, because there's so much more I can tell you about that. It's like, it's mind blowing. I'm loving that. Uh, I want to bring up, um, I wanted to bring up, uh, my partner had a dream. We were talking about this subject prior to us coming on tonight. My partner had a dream the other night, and, uh, oops, sorry about that. Um, she was dreaming that she was in a house sleeping on a couch, and um, she woke up, she said, and she saw spirits around you. And she saw spirits around her in black and white. And that this wasn't the same place that we have now, but it was a different how type of house. And that uh, she had a gun on the floor beside her. And because of the, the startledness that she woke up with, that she grabbed the gun and was pointing the gun at these spirits, only this was in black and white. And then all at once, this little girl come up and stood beside her, and she knew it was okay, not that she didn't, that they were there, uh, not as uh, malevolent or anything like that, but they were just there to visit. And it, it was interesting because we both, you know, I, I, I talked to her about it and everything, and it's just really, have you ever had anything experienced to where you go from color to black and white to color to black and white and actually have a spirit visit you uh, in that precinct, so to speak? Yes, yeah, yes. Yes, very much so. Yes, I have. And that was like when I saw my granddaughter years, 40, you know, 30, 40 years ahead of time in like that blue and gray, like Tim Burton feel kind of movie, you know, his, his, his movies are always really weird colors, but that, yes. And then you, you get into another state where you, you see, anomalies just beautiful golden or bright white anomalies just bouncing like the balls on back in the cartoons on top of the words you know when they're singing the song that's how it is but it's so much more vivid and it's so much more real and then you wake up completely drained and lethargic like you just don't want to do anything you know you don't have that extra spring in your step after those kinds of journeys i was told and I want to ask your opinion on this too. I was told that we do not really dream through REM. Is that true? I thought that was that REM was the time when we vividly dreamed. I'm not. It caught me off guard when I was told this actually. Well, we were taught that in school. We were taught, yeah, that's you know we're out at lights out. But I don't think so. I think our our conscious is so much more at peace and resting, and we're more vulnerable to getting into that core of our inner subconsciousness and battling different fears and different psychological issues. But on the flip side of that, and this is probably why I'm not in the field anymore, 
<laughs> there's that spiritual part of things that we can transcend to other places. We could go backwards. We could go forwards. It's just, it's, it's almost like we become our own time vessel and we can go wherever our mind allows us to go. I feel like there are spiritual boundaries. Like we know instinctively we shouldn't do that. We, that, that, that doesn't feel right. That's danger. And I feel like we, if, if somehow, and I don't know how you could advance to that. I don't, I don't know, like there's no book or module where you could learn those advancements, but I guess it would just be instinctively that you know not to go into those different kinds of areas where it could be depleting or maybe your guide shows you something that you don't want to see and you feel uneasy or anxiety and, and you turn around or something like that. It, it's that, that, that would be very hard to prove, but I have dealt with things like that before, not with just um, me, but even with people that we've, I've taken under hypnosis for past life regression and stuff like that. Like we, when, when I, when there was a lady that was doing past life regression in a very, very relaxed state, which we could have considered that REM, we could have, um, she was actually seeing herself murdered. And I, and I was like, come back, just, just one, two, three, come back. And she had come back and she was crying her eyes out. She's like, why am I so sad? And let me, let me tell you how hard that is to tell somebody what they said with their murder. Yeah, that's difficult to, yeah. to break that kind of information to them. When you're taking someone into their past life with the past life regression and they're under the hypnosis, how how are they relaying what they're seeing to you? Is it through words or is it through imagery because you're also kind of a psychic? What what What's that like? Can you paint a picture for us? They, they are seeing like a movie being played for them, whether it be like little Polaroid pictures or an actual spinning wheel movie. Um, and then they just, they don't even know what they're saying, but they can't hear themselves, but they say it. They're such in a deep state of, of, of mind, of consciousness, that they don't know what they're saying. Like how we talk in our sleep. That's They're basically talking in their sleep. So what happens if it goes wrong? You get them out of it quickly. You just bring them back. Mm -hmm. Has there been a time, has there been a time, I know that with me, I'll speak personally for me. And I know Dylan kind of spoke on this earlier as far as his spirituality and everything else like that. I know that there's been times with me um, you just don't feel spiritual, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like there's nothing going on today or for a week or for a month or something like that to where you feel like you're walking in the desert, as they say, and that your dream life and everything else like that is is void almost of um, any action, so to speak. But I know that spirituality and dream world, for me, uh, they they reciprocate to each other does that make sense yes and and that that i need that for my energy and for my own spirit growth but at the same time there have been those times that i that i i'm i'm sure there's probably other people maybe can talk about this too but uh i have i speak i felt spiritually dry i felt like my guides and everything have pulled away so to speak and i'm left in this void I mean, can can you enlighten me a little bit on what's happening there or what, what's going on? Two things with that. 
the first thing is we always tend to have spirit walk with us and kind of have our back when we're embarking upon leveling up, like being more spiritual or when we're in crisis. Um, you had probably had graduated that mastery level spirituality test. You weren't in a crisis. Mm -hmm. He's good for a little bit. Well, let's move on and help somebody else. And then you were like, now what? Because, <laughs> you know, and it's so true because be, we can go back to the Blair house for this, all of that energy, just, it's like a freaking spirit uh, box. And that's how you probably radiate. That's probably how you function. I know it's how I function. It has to be high frequency all of the time because there's no other way. It's almost like once you dive into the deep of spirituality, it's never going to be the same. Never Dylan going to be the same. Yeah. And I remember I, I that, tell you that my husband <clears throat> had told us, he's like, we're going on a family vacation. We're not going to haunted locations. We're not going to this place or this place that's a hot spot for, you know, ley lines or anything. He says, we're going to South Carolina. And I said, that's cool. I've never been there. I'm sure I could channel in Yamaya in the ocean and, you know, do my whole ritual and all of this good stuff. We got to South Carolina and I was just like, get me out of here. I was like, I don't, I can't. There's like, I'm out in the ocean, like up to here. It's our Lord, though, Yamaya. I say, so Yamaya. You know, just like praying that Yamaya comes to me and brings me something. So I know that I'm not alone nothing and then what did he do he bought a timeshare there and i was like daniel i'm never going back to south carolina because <laughs> it's like there's nothing there it's like i cannot i can't i can't function in, in drop rich environment what's that you, it's a historically rich environment you can take in some of the museums some of the <laughs> not you know, myrtle beach that's true, Myrtle Beach. There's nothing there. Beach. Like, give me the crab legs. I need some sort of oral fixation right now because you know, so I'm like in this all-you-can-eat crab leg bar, just like eating my emotions because I got nothing. I like. I feel like Sally off a Nightmare Before Christmas. Like I had to sew myself back up. Yeah, it was. It was just horrible. And that was. And that was another thing that I, I looked at my notes and everything. And I had a person contact me and ask me, and I really didn't know how to answer her for a little bit. We talked for a while. And she said, Rick, she goes, I've had people come to me and literally drain me. Psychic vampires. She said, yes, exactly. That's what exactly she said. It was like psychic vampires. And um, the negativity that, that they brought to her and brought to the people around her, including family. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'll tell you a story about myself and I'll try to make it short. But when I was in Arizona on the Navajo reservation, I met this Bruja and I stayed with her for about, I don't know, a month and a half, something like that. And we went to a, a Hogan that one night and I got to see some things that I'd never seen in my life spiritually with that with that shaman that was doing that ceremony in that hogan and i wanted to learn more i wanted that power i wanted i wanted what i could get because it was so exciting and so intense at that time and it was like a moth to the flame her teaching his teaching and everything but they were on the dark side mm -hmm. they were teaching me more and i was being drawn into more into the dark 
the darkness, so to speak, and I knew I had to get away. And I knew that if I didn't get away, I was I was gone. I, I just felt that inside my my spirit and everything. And uh, after about three weeks of being there, I left, and it took three cleansings by an elder here in Wichita, Kansas, to rid me of her mm-hmm. because she was so strong in my life, right. so strong into my psyche. Right. And those dreams that, that those dreams, like you know, he uh, Dylan was talking about as a kid, I could see her face, I could hear her voice, and I could hear her calling to me, and it was something that. It literally scared the hell out of me there for a little bit because I didn't know if I was going to get rid of her. Right. She put the digs in you. She did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I was uh, I resigned as a high priestess of a coven um, after 12 years. It just it wasn't for me. It really wasn't. I was trained in the occult, uh, the more lower energy occult. We were taught, we don't call it white or black because it's bigotry. Our elder taught us that. Um, but we, I was definitely thrown into the more negative. And then it took me to get, and I'll remember when I grew up, everything was practically perfect, like Mary Poppins. You know, <laughs> like, you know we, we worship the sun, and we worship the nature, and we, we were just, we, we had all of that. Um, but then when I was in this coven, they were just, they were brutal. They were just brutal, brutal people. And, I, you know, when I lived in Arbella in Salem, there were people going through my trash to find my feminine products to cast, curse me with death. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. blood magic was yeah. there too. There, this was, um, uh, I had a, pic- a couple of people tell me, and it was, it was kind of, um, well, actually, it bothered me because it, it was almost like I was being groomed. Yes. You know, and, I, and, and they were, they were, we were going into this conjuring and different aspects of conjuring and things like that. And, I, and at that time, that was the first time I'd ever sp- experienced spiritual entities that I could actually see mm-hmm. in the same room with me or in the same uh, building or whatever it was going on right and just like with dylan he was talking about his nightmares and everything and that's how those nightmares started was i i was remembering that that conjuring and i was remembering those ceremonies and it took a while it took a long while for me to come out of that does that affect your dream life at a de- yes. later time yes but that's more from yeah it can magically but it's almost like a form of ptsd too it is, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Or it is PTSD. It's not a form of it. It is because it's so traumatic that, and, and I understand. I, I've, I've worked with very, very powerful. I mean, I was, I was up there, you know, I was. And it just, it's not. And when you, when you get to those points of divination and building that rapport with certain deities, um, mm-hmm. you're altering everything you are, but you're also setting yourself up for you're under their control. You're under their watch. You're their puppet. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I, I like being my own person. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. But you know, like I was and, talking to a couple of girls today and we're getting ready to, um, go into business together and they're like, well, we want our shop to look all goth and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
we probably should make it really pretty greens and browns and pastels and <laughs> it's like, no, no no caskets no you know right. none of that stuff right. anymore we can use the Belair house for that stuff but let's let's enlighten people now you know i miss Kristen's laugh that's the one thing that <laughs> I I absolutely adore her laugh. Every time she's on the show, she lets out that cackle, and I just have to smile ear to ear. It's That's good. Rick, what, what, Rick yeah, I know you wanted to say something. Oh, one more thing that I wrote down, and I, and I had some people contact me about this too, and this fell in the same lines with what we were talking about as far as the DTs and things like that. I had people that were dreaming and actually trying to use the Ouija board as a way of con of contacting in dreams or dream state. Okay. I know Dylan's going <laughs> to, I see that in Dylan right now. I already know Kristen's response to this. It's weird. It's, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's weird because right before you said Ouija board, I was thinking Ouija board. She's about wow. to lose her mind on all of us, Rick. I just want you to know you have set it up. You have set it up, and she will now knock it down. Okay. All right. But that's what I was wondering was, it was I mean, that was what the, the coalition was, you know, what what is, what are what are they doing in the S? I know what they're doing, okay, but, I mean, I wanted to, for you to be able to explain to our audience, you know, the dangers of using a Ouija board, the dangers of using conjuring, the dangers of divination and things like that. If you don't know what you're doing in dream state and, and dreams and things like that to where you're using that as a, uh, a doorway yes. or a portal. Yes. You know, Yes. I mean, would you please explain to, to our audience exactly what is going on when that occurs? The best way to describe that is it's a, it's a rhetorical question. You would not invite Charlie Manson over for dinner, would you? No. <laughs> Just don't. And I'll tell you the other. <laughs> Dylan's cracking me up. And, and I'll tell you the other thing, too. Any mirrors that you have in your room? Face uh, there them. it is. Yes, there it comes. There it is. Toward yeah. the window. Face all mirrors in your room toward the window. Because if anything with a negative with a negative essence tries to come in it, during your dream state, during your sleep state, it can attack you. The, I'm not playing. It really can happen, especially if you've been dabbling with Ouija boards in a coven or just watching the craft on TV and you think that this this girl or this boy is going to fall in love with you if you put a safety pin in a dove. <laughs> anything. anything. What, what are you watching? Uh, my son we used to talk about this, this type of thing all the time. This, this particular subject would come up on our show every week. And, and what she would say is uh -huh. that she would say, every little thing you do in the paranormal and in the extraterrestrial opens portals. These portals are mirrors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, there, there were a couple others. But, but she said you have to be very careful about what you do because you're opening portals that you do not know what is on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I already knew where she was going. I, I already knew the second I heard Ouija board, it was going to go to mirrors real quick. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> 
but really the mirror, it reflects if you put it and I have like those little, I mean, I have my family mirror that faces my window in one of my windows in my bedroom uh, for some strange reason. I just decided to buy a house with like five windows in my bedroom, which is silly. I should have known better, but I even have those wee little ones, like the ones that you put in the like plastic thing and you can pull them out and mm-hmm. do your makeup and stuff put one of those in my mirror but when 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 you're asleep you you are very relaxed and anything like I said anything can come in and just prey upon you it really can whether it be something from outside um there's something you know residual energy anything um anything that's maybe somebody's put the 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 kibosh on you maybe they didn't like you because you're you were wearing headphones and a flannel shirt and they're like, I wore headphones and a flannel shirt and I should look like that. They are, what are they doing? So they get your picture, they take it and then they know your name and they can do many things to you. And, and this you is know? what she does. She always has to connect it to me, Rick. It's always connected to me. <laughs> Sonia Barbier in the chat says, even pendants, especially the people that don't know how to use it properly, can open portals. Uh, Kristen, yes. if you've never spoken to Sonia Barbier, you two would be best buddies. Okay. I, I really think you two would get along well. Um, you're, you, you're a little bit more intense than she is. And I'm when sorry. I say a little bit, I mean a lot. <laughs> you're stuffy, sorry, Kristen. You're, you're the best, but uh, you two will get along fantastically. You definitely should talk. Um, Rick, do you have any more notes, research, questions, concerns? Uh, that that pretty well hit the gamut right there. As far as I, I mean, I went from you know what we had and everything right there. But I I do want to ask her, uh, what about the people? One more for you is what about the people that do not remember their dreams ninety percent of the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. Quite a few, actually, quite a few people who do not remember dreaming. Little snippets normally come back through the day or the next day or, you know, within a week. But it's real hard to correlate how they all fit. It's like little pieces of the puzzle. How do you fit them together? They do actually come back, like little recollections come back, little memories of them come back. But sometimes the people that don't remember their dreams, it's, it's just because it's a stress on their brain. And they, they can't handle it. They just can't handle that kind of stress when it comes to that type of dream work that they're doing. And that's unfortunate, but, I mean, that's when you can, you know, get with somebody that um, is, you know, either a metaphysician or a hypnosis or hypnotist and, and, and get into that, dig deep into that and, and not just band-aid that fear or that anxiety or whatever the issue may be but also tackle it, face it, and overcome it. And, and that's, that's the big deal. That, I mean, that can't happen. So there is hope for them. There really is. Um, but again, some people that say, I don't dream, I don't remember my dreams, it's, it's more than likely maybe that there's a major fear that they just cannot overcome. Their brain is working too hard. It just shuts down. I'm sorry, this is too much. We're not going to show you this. You're not going to handle this. Or it could just be that, they're that visual person all day long. They're that multitasker visual visual person where they use this part of their brain all day where we see. Because let's think about it, we see from right here. When we're thinking about mm-hmm. memories, when we're thinking about reflections, when we're thinking about what we want to do in life, what's on our agenda, we're seeing it all in here. And if we overuse this all day long, by the time we lay down, we don't even get to Sophia, Sophia Petrilla saying picture at Sicily. It's done. Like we don't even get that far because we're you know, snoozing. 
And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you have trouble sleeping, I have found this out with, with therapeutic measures from psychology, turn your TV down to like very, very low. So you have to work your ear and your brain harder in order to get to sleep because you're working yourself to hear it. And if you can't hear it, you're going to get tired because you're making yourself work hard enough to, to tune into that. Well, cool. I guess. Um, I can't hear you. I can't. What did you say? Oh, where did he go? <laughs> <laughs> He's out. He's out. You remind me so much of my son. <laughs> I can't hear you. I thought you were doing that on purpose. Oh, no. Oh, wow. He's gone. He's lost his voice. Yeah. Uh-oh. He said, okay. And I don't read lips either. Oh, he's messaging <laughs> us. He's, he's messaging us. Oh, is he going to text? Okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, always drive. I put that thing in my Jeep to save on insurance, and my Jeep's out there, and now it's picking me up using my phone. Wow. He said, all I have is be live. I just have the link that you sent me to be live. Final thoughts, Rick. Okay, I got that part. Uh, Kristen, very good to meet you. Thank oh, you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to be able to get a hold of you. I'll, For sure. Uh, leave, um, my, my email, if you want to. Uh, talk to Dylan and everything. I'll he'll provide it for you. And okay, uh, yeah, stay in touch. Stay in touch. Well. I enjoy it so much. Yes, thank you for your time and your energy. Oh, you too. Thanks. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thank you, buddy. This is the greatest I've ever seen, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dylan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys have a good night. Good night.